Continue talking over the intro again. Very such a fan. It's very good. We're talking over the intro. Got, a, got what's some this, good feedback. What's this thing I'm doing with my welcome, heart? Like I've seen this on like well, well, Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode seventy five. Casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. Ah, uh, Tony. Stop moving your arm. I just, is it is it a pirate thing? Like a yo ho. Yeah, yo ho. Like I've seen it on Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Well, no one can uh, see it, so now you got to explain what you're doing. Oh, um. Go on Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, watch the animatronic male who was uh, having a swig <laughs> and they sort of moved their arm backwards and forwards. Yeah. I feel like we've described that action before somehow. I like it. I guess it's um, probably not really something that happens given I've seen it on a ride at Disneyland. So Okay. And it's you know, froth to my beer up too. <laughs> um, so um, this... What, how do we normally start? I've already started, but you derailed me. I did. Um, welcome to Lights of episode, the 75, episode 75, like I said. Um, and uh, is something about chat about things? I already did that. Smart casual chat about uncasual things? No. <laughs> we know. Well, you all know. You all know by now. Well, and this is the first time. which Pretty know. sure I said it. Um, so we're going to cover... Tony's going to educate me on a paranormal story a little bit later, but uh, first up... Um, I know Tony's been absolutely busting to give us his top five Halloween movies oh. in, in ascending order. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown under the bus? Yeah, really I'll, am. Okay, just start with your bottom five. Okay, um, can I do my middle five? Nope. Um, Ghost Rider would probably be the worst. I like that movie. Yeah, that's why it's in the bottom five. Do you know what I actually watched for the very first time this week? titanic no love titanic ghostbusters the original you hadn't seen I'd it never seen it all right this podcast is over i thought i probably should watch this no it's not allowed why would i bother why would i bother doing <laughs> anything? too far away why would i bother <laughs> doing a podcast with you i'd never seen ghostbusters i'd seen the um female version <laughs> <laughs> you saw the female ghostbusters before you saw yeah, the, I know. the real ghostbusters I know. can you believe that i can't can't believe it i really enjoyed it i thought i knew you i thought i'd watched ghostbusters and then I, I my partner said have you watched ghostbusters I was like yeah yeah yes, of course i have started playing it i'm like i've never seen this i guess because there's so much pop culture pulp, pulp culture pulp, pulp culture pop culture and pulp fiction yeah um i think i combined uh pop with cult uh pop culture references that i had just assumed i had seen it and i watched it and i'm like there's quite a few movies like that that i it's like it's familiar but i actually haven't seen this mm. i'm like rick moratis is in this have you, you might have seen ghostbusters too because some people kind of get them confused maybe i have yeah oh, i don't know anyway i, can, I, I can't believe it. there's a human on this planet that saw female ghostbusters before <laughs> the original ghostbusters <laughs> i'm just trying to think because i went and saw ghostbusters at the movies like a year ago they played it here um they had like pop culture pulp culture pulp, pulp, screenings pulp, for a bit pulp culture where it was like 10 bucks to see the movie and you get a whole bunch of snacks as well nice 
but I, I yeah, we, you we mustn't have been there. No, I know. I think we, it was I, my friend Thomas. I know we saw Jaws that time doing that. At, yeah, at the cinema, that was good fun. The shark called Jaws. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, other piece of admin. Cool. Uh, I just wanted to get to before we jump into your tale, um, or any other admin you might have brought to the table. Oh, we have a sponsor. <laughs> good. <laughs> Um, sponsor. We have not only have we secured a sponsor, but we've also had our first troll. <gasps> really? Yeah, it's oh, kind of that a, is so exciting. It's we've, kind of we've a cool really moment. Come of age. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, during the week, uh, both of us were lucky enough to have the Secret Machines Book Two arrive <sighs> on our doorsteps. Were we ever? Yeah. Um, so this have is you started the, reading it yet? I've read probably four pages. Oh, yeah. I've read probably ten. I've decided to save it for my Hawaii holiday to just like oh, beach, yeah. beach holiday, read the book. That gives me a that gives me a bit of a head start because yeah. I'm a slow reader. Um, I put up a picture of the book um, on our LOTS underscore podcast Instagram account um, with my excitement about reading the book. Um, and our, our first troll came in with the ice cold Tommy. Uh, as we know, uh, Tom DeLong and AJ Hartley wrote this. Um, they're in that kind of UFO, or as they call it, unidentified <laughs> aerial phenomenon um, <laughs> kick. You've just read it? Just yeah, brilliant. It. Spoilers. <laughs> so um, It's very creative. Yeah. So <laughs> this person should write a book. It would be, be incredible based on the Let quality me get to of it. their comment. Let me get to it. So uh, held up a picture of the... I haven't, I haven't the, read your replies. Okay. No. Held up a picture of the book uh, Secret Machines, A Fire Within by Tom DeLong and AJ Hartley um, <laughs> with a caption around being excited to read it. Which I am. I really, I, I and I was speaking I really, on behalf of the podcast, obviously, being from uh, the podcast account. But well, I'm pretty sure you're as excited to read it. Oh yeah. Well, I, as soon as I got, like, I opened the box, and I was like, oh my god, and I sent you it, and then you <laughs> sent back an image of the same image, like you've got it too, and it was just oh. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and so I'm not going to name them, but uh, just because it's not really even a name you can pronounce, but. Uh, amazingly creative person came in with the troll comment of DeLong doesn't know shit <laughs> which was pretty damn cool and I was like oh my god our first troll uh, they're kind of not even trolling us they're trolling the book oh, but I guess in turn trolling us for enjoying said book where did this person come from like are they following us um I don't know I probably just hashtagged it up nicely uh, for it to appear um the reply I went with was dripping in sarcasm. Okay. Um, I, did, you know, I didn't read it. I just read yeah. the comment and then lost it. So it also contains some emojis at the end, which I was quite excited about oh. because I haven't really emojied much. Uh, but I went for, thank you for going out of your way to type that. It changed my life. I'm burning the book right now. <laughs> and then three, three fire emojis. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a good rebuttal. Yeah. I'm pleased with that. And they didn't come back with anything. No. Let me um, see if it says where they're from or anything. Maybe they don't know sarcasm and they sort of talk about literally like, refinally, one of these <laughs> comments got through to somebody. I've changed someone's life. So the description on their account just says Pablo. Hmm. So, and it's just a picture of lots of cars 
It's a Corvette owner, which I'm disappointed about. Or someone who takes a lot of photos of, of the cor- same Corvette over time. Yeah, it might drive around their town. Yeah. Sneak, have a sneaky peek. Quite possibly. Um, the other thing um, the notebooks I wanted to get to. The ironing board, so. Yeah, I've started jotting things down for our admin sessions. Um, Top of the show, admin. One of the, one of the most revered segments on the podcast. <laughs> um, so last week you outed me as uh, having a baby on the way. I uh, didn't mean to. <laughs> Which I'm fine with. I thought we discussed it, but clearly we don't talk about it now. There is There are times when we talk about things between the two of us, and often it's quite clear what are two of us only things, like work stuff and that. Babies on the way. Yeah, I, <laughs> I assumed that the world knew. No. Um, I was going to bring it up that day anyway, but um, it kind of ties in with this uh, next little piece of admin where um, there are pros and cons of having a a small town um with a single postie i thought you were going to say there are pros and cons of having a child no, no, and no. i can only think of cons no so so, so our postie for me for me no this is no disrespect for you and the procreation thing like <laughs> spreading your seed all around it's all good for you yeah um so our postie or male man slash male woman it's a male woman um has you know, we're in a small town. There's a few of my family out there. Um, so they're kind of someone you're going to get to know uh, if you ever work from home or you're home when mm. they deliver stuff. Is it just one person? You get to person? know them by name. Is yeah, it, it is one person. Is it the same person all the time? Yeah. How do they get around the town? Bike. Oh, so do they drive from the post headquarters with the bike in tow and then park somewhere in town and go for the bike around or something? Possibly, yeah. It's not a big place. So it might be that they just live nearby, so they just bike everywhere. Good Although if they're doing like package delivery, there's like a, um, a four-wheel drive. They'll drive around with all the packages in. But um, we moved house from you know uh, one road to another out there, and we didn't have to do any mail Essentially redirects. Essentially across town. Yeah. We didn't have to do any mail redirects because small town, they knew they we were knew. moving. They were literally dropping our mail with our old address on it into our new mailbox. Brilliant. That's handy. Yeah. Really handy, right? Really handy. So that's what I'd put down as one of the pros. The cons are when they're really nosy. What? And are they like steaming open the mail and then looking at it and resealing it? Or you're not far off. What? So um, Posty hits up uh, my mum. That's your mum. She uh, no, she spoke to my mum. Oh, okay, I thought you may run your mum over on a bike. Spoke to my mum and. Um, uh obviously knows the relationship between uh you know my family so she knows when she's talking to my mum that um uh we're related platonic non-sexual relationship between family the right kind of relationship (laughs) between family yeah normal um and then well yeah normal normal for some yeah normal for most for most (laughs) i'll give you most (laughs) god's sake let me get the story out so this postie has spoken to my mum and said, um, any new grandchildren on the way? Well, she does. I mean, to be fair, your family are prolific breeders. So that's a question you'd probably ask. I'd ask your mum that. (laughs) (laughs) That's not quite the case, but this postie knew that, um, my wife and I were having a baby because she had seen us getting letters from the hospital. What? And 
the only way you could know the subject of that is if you did the real hold it up to the light, light yeah. and see what's in there. Hold it to the sun. And yeah. Through. What did Lane say? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like just answered normally because it's not a secret, but it's just really weird that the postie is obviously going through our mail <laughs> to figure these things out. <laughs> this could be like a dark comedy or something with a, a real sick postie who just is really nosy about the... I'd believe that. Yeah. I'd believe that. People, they live around in a small town. It sounds really... I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, but <laughs> the postie is one of those people that uh, annoyingly will stop and talk to you about just unrelated crap whenever you run into them. <sighs> and I live down a cul-de-sac now, and I saw them coming up the road when I uh, just walked out into my garage, and I was like, I do not want a conversation <laughs> with this person. So... <laughs> So I just click the clicker and <laughs> and the garage door shut. <laughs> You're standing in the garage. I'm standing in the garage. And then... Just um, waiting to hear the bike past. The funny thing was that my wife came to talk to me just as the postie oh, was going past. No. So I heard my wife come out. I'm behind the garage door where I've just <laughs> locked myself off. And I just hear something stupid like, um, uh, oh, I've just hurt my arm. Or something like that from the postie trying to tell, you know... Uh, my wife all of the problems that she's had lately oh. i can just hear my wife politely just oh yes oh yes because oh. she she thought she's just gonna come and chat to me and then i've, <laughs> I've shut the door after me and she's come out to the postie you've doomed her <laughs> yeah to a mind-numbing conversation exactly so pros and cons of um of small town postie is that you don't have to get your mail redirected yep. but they will know all of your business right i yeah i, I, yeah, I like to understand their sort of motivation for doing a small town postal route mm-hmm. it's not whether cool. they just think they're helping the community or actually they're just a nosy fuck i think who wants to everyone's business the latter. the latter i think it's yeah. the latter yeah um yeah anyway enough about my postie i'll bring up more postie related chat and other postie paranormal sections does um do, does any courier van deliver out your way couriers yeah, yeah uh yeah occasionally we do tend to get like an extra day so if you order something overnight it's another day on that like you have to pay like a rural delivery fee or anything no not rural rural is the ones that i mean this isn't podcast chat (laughs) come on i'm just interested because i had a i i i I, I mentioned in courier deliveries no we're close enough to a a town that's populated enough to not be rural very good no rural delivery from you rural is when it's like a mailbox in the middle of nowhere and it's like a special station wagon that actually has to put your mail in a mailbox. Did you say station wagon? No. <laughs> it sounded like it, like a station wagon for stashing packages, isn't you? No. Go. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. Our sponsor. Uh, new show sponsor. Yeah. So you might remember about 10 weeks ago, we uh, we welcomed... Um, you say about 10 weeks ago because he looked it up and know it's exactly 10 weeks ago. We welcomed uh, Miho, Japanese cleaner to the show as a uh, had a special deal for listeners so yep. um, beautifully crafted flyer that yeah. was left in your mailbox first time cleaning for only 35 dollars an hour down from 45 for the first time um wow excited to say we welcome so we've wrapped up that deal with that um sponsor? Uh, still, going, still going so so we're going to have more than one sponsor we've got two sponsors we've got okay. miho japanese cleaner and okay. i'm proud to say we're welcoming Shiho Japanese cleaner to the show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, what's the deal? So this week I looked in the mailbox and uh, there's no circulars on the mailbox, no junk mail. Please yep. not this. 
Okay. This isn't junk mail. This is quality. This is obviously they've got a service they want us to know about. Okay. So, um, so well, basically they've ignored your junk mail. They sign. have, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just Japanese, but you can't understand. I'm just, just, you don't know that. I don't know that. I'm You're generalizing that. again. <laughs> so uh, we've got here. We've got uh, hi. This is Shiho Japanese Cleaner. We are offering a domestic house cleaning service in Christchurch. Are you troubled in your house cleaning? No. I am, actually. <laughs> I am you still troubled. are. Yeah, still haven't got a cleaner. It's been 10 weeks. Hmm. We will clean your house regularly instead of you. You will keep living... <laughs> instead of you. You will keep living instead in clean... Instead of cleaning ha- you? Or... <laughs> you will keep living in clean house if you meet us. No. Is that what it says? Yeah, that's what it says. Wow. So we've checked it, and the um, I, I, we listened back before this episode to the uh, the one episode sixty five with this uh, with Miho Japanese cleaner. the The ad is exactly the same, and it's a uh, a square that's been cut by we assume was a guillotine. <laughs> um, clip art and font is very similar. Yep. Uh, there's a uh, a Japanese a traditional Japanese lady who we assumed was Miho, but has now maybe now changed her name to Shiho. You know what you need to do. You need to ring and ask for one or the other. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, we do. Go on then. There might be another episode. <laughs> we should we try it now? Yeah, you could try it now. Okay. How do we do this? Um, just hold up the speaker to the mic. It's pretty good. Um, and if Miho answers, ask for Chiho, obviously. <laughs> and if Chiho answers, ask for Miho. And then ask about their business uh, partnership and the relationship between the two. Or... Yeah, even ask for like Kiho. <laughs> Kiho. Or Liho. Six, six, nine. <laughs> this is a <clears throat> paranormal slash cleaning. Here we go. Let me hear this. Ooh, what do we A little got? bit closer. Oh, this is Kiho, Japanese house cleaner. Oh, hi, is it Miho, Japanese house cleaner? Yeah. Um, I, 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 um, I got the flyer. I'm just confused because I had a flyer the other day from Miho, Japanese house cleaner. Is, it the, is, is, this, is this like a two businesses? So, sorry. So I, I had a flyer the other day about from Miho, Japanese cleaner, and now there's Chi, Chiho, Japanese house cleaner. I'm just a bit confused. Uh, I'm Chiho. Is, there Miho, the is, is Miho here? There? Um, Chiho, Chiho, Chiho. Oh, okay. I, I was up to Miho. But the same, same cleaner. Same, same cleaner? Same company. Oh, okay. Same company. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just a bit, I was just a little bit con- confused um, because there was the, the same, the same ad but different names? Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. That's, 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 yeah. that, that's that's brilliant. Well, thank thank you for clarifying that. Sorry. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Right. Well, she cleaned that right up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing content. So, what do, what do we make of this? What what's the answer here? Um. I don't know. I honestly was it a typo the first time. I don't know. Uh, cause, well, I said it was is Miho, and she said Chico. 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 Chiho. Chiho. Yeah. <laughs> and then I asked. It's the same company. So I, okay, some company is fine. But what's well, what the is, company is obviously called 
we are Japanese house cleaner exclamation mark so there's Miho and Chiho I guess all right let's jump into your story have you got something to email me today we're talking about the uh Ilkley Moor alien encounter Sorry. yes we are we are is it a lusty moor it is a very lusty moor <laughs> they're making the beast with two backs <laughs> uh, okay. flashback to fifth form oh, othello 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of an othello reference othello humor oh man we're flying today a compelling account of alien abduction pops i don't know what i'm supposed to do <laughs> just don't talk at the mic just talk near the mic a compelling account of alien abduction took place in 1987 on Ilkey Moor, Yorkshire, UK, and is a unique case which may include one of the very few photographs ever taken of an alien being. Whoa, that's a photo? The only witness is a retired policeman who claims to have been taken aboard an unidentified flying object and snapped one photograph of an unknown being. Philip Spencer is a pseudonym for the police officer who early one December morning decided to hike across the moor to visit his in-laws. Why do you want, why do you want to go visit your in-laws on... And I have to hike across the moor to get there. have to hike all the way to get your in-laws. I'd walk away from your in-laws across mm. the moor. Spencer had worked as a policeman for four years, but to fulfil his wife's wishes, this guy, man, he's going to visit his in-laws and he's moving. He's moving. He's moved away from his own career and life outside of Yorkshire so that she can be closer to her family. This is a good bloke. <laughs> Thank you. This is a, a, a good, you know, C-U-N-T, as we would, <laughs> oh, as he would, say, as he would say in New Zealand. No, he wouldn't. Most people, you would say that. Lots of people say I that. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, but you've never sworn. No, I haven't <laughs> sworn, ever. <laughs> yeah, he's a good, he's a good bitch. <laughs> Uh, so he'd moved the family to Yorkshire. Uh, there had been a number of recent reports of unusual lights in the sky over the area, and Spencer was hoping to take some photographs of the strange lights on the moor. Spencer also brought along a compass to help him find his way in the early morning hours before sunup. What? He could not. That's weird. Yeah, I guess it's the moor. He could not imagine what was about to befall him. He didn't fall. He he didn't fall spoilers yeah <laughs> thought i'd clarify uh, coming upon a small hill he noticed something odd moving just up the trail ahead of him as spencer looked on he realized that the mysterious figure looked humanoid he raised his camera pointed and clicked just then the being raised its arm as if waving him away and then began moving up the trail disappearing out of spencer's sight so i imagine it that he sort of just come up on the other side of a hill yeah looking across the wee the wee valley he's seen an odd humanoid like creature yep uh also casually taking a stroll yep and he's like yeah take a picture get 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 an image (laughs) curious the former police officer started to make his way up the narrow path in chase of the mystery creature just as he reached the top of the trail he stopped in his tracks in the distance a large dome-topped craft lifted up from the moor and rose out of sight into the morning sky didn't take a photo of that one he was not quick enough to photograph the ufo hmm. that's See, the same i guess mm. it is it i guess it spooked him is it technically a ufo at that point 
It's an unidentified flying object. Yeah, it is. But he's identified it as a dome. Uh, but he doesn't know who it belongs to. There's not okay. like, there's not like name tag. Okay, okay. Hello, my name is. Never license plate. Yeah. Okay. Hello. I'll my, allow it. Hello, my name is Spaceships. <laughs> uh, shocked at what he had just seen, Spencer quickly made his way back towards the nearest village. He's not. He's unhappy. Not enjoying himself at this point. He was off on a nice stroll to see his in-laws, but day's ruined now. Yeah. Along the way, Spencer noticed that his compass was broken. Ugh, speaking oh, of day man. ruined. Wow. Compasses aren't cheap, particularly nope. in the 1980s. <laughs> it pointed south instead of north. Useless, then. Yep, basically. Thinking nothing of it. I guess he wasn't as annoyed about it as we were. <laughs> uh, he continued into the village, only to stop again when he glanced at his wristwatch. It was an hour behind what he knew the time should have been. Ah, uh, missing time. Missing time. It is... <laughs> You're going to swear again. Oh, well, we'll say missing time, motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I say that too often. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a common one for uh, alien encounters to have time missing. It is. And a common way to figure out what happened during that time. Hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that very shortly. Um, mm-hmm. Some nice alliteration here. A whirlwind of worried thoughts swirled through Spencer's head as he began to question his sanity. What had he seen out in the lonely moorland that morning, and what happened to the missing time? When Spencer developed the photograph, he was shocked to see that he had captured exactly what he claimed to have encountered out on the moor. A short, human-like creature with a bulbous head and long, spindly arms. (laughs) So you have the photo in front of you. I've emailed it to you. Oh, yes. What are your thoughts? On well, this, on this, this is um, there, there's, there, were, there was the original photo, which is taken by Spencer on the opposite hillside, mm-hmm. and the version uh, there's two versions here. The the, the next one I'm sure I've got included for you here is the zoomed in, zoomed in like with a bit of a, with a bit of enhancement. Someone's yeah. gone enhance, enhance, and then what they've got is it looks like there's the original, then there's like a um. One where they've played with the color, or sorry, the the, the brightness le- yep. and contrast. I think it says original level adjusted. Yeah, so that's brightness and contrast. And then the yep. third one would be color. Color something, color based on suggestion, maybe? Color addition. Yeah, additions. so that's basically someone's colored in that last one. Yeah. So that's why it looks like a little green man. Little green man. Um, at the risk of talking about a photo on a podcast again, <laughs> <laughs> I'll combine these two together so you can see the original with the circle around the being and then the three enhancements, and I'll put them up on Instagram. Um, I think you can't go by the colored one. Because that's someone's interpretation of what color it is. Yes. Unless we're going, unless we're going down the road of we definitely believe this guy, um, so uh, he can describe the color perfectly. But even then, it doesn't really look uh, colored in correctly. Um, the levels one's interesting because you can kind of see some of those features made out that are enhanced by the color. The one before that, the actual original. I don't know. It does look like it looks kind of like it definitely could be a little spaceship man yes um he looks like he's sort of like there's like on his right hand side facing the camera he's leaning against like a rock or something rock or a bush yeah a bush 
Um. And then he's got like a really long arm on the left-hand side that's sticking out and quite stubby wee legs. That mm. uh, So the, the fact that the, the legs and the arm, when you line them up, they kind of form one like plane. So if you had three planks of wood and sat them all next to each other, that's kind of what they would look like. So if if I had my skeptic hat on, I would point at the line between the two legs and the arm and the fact that they all line up. Yes. As like I'm just looking at three things on a diagonal. Yes. Um so unless the legs are somewhat obscured by um yeah, by the rock or bush rock or whatever or bush, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's a really interesting one and one that's worth looking at. So um have a look at our Instagram uh by the time this one uh, hits your ear hole. Right, you can refer refer straight to the Instagram, and please don't troll us. I mean, troll us though. Actually, do troll us. It's kind of funny. Actually, you... don't troll Marc Delonger because he does not deserve it. He's de- you mean oh, Tom? Tom Del- sorry, Tom Delonger. <laughs> I was thinking Mark Hoppus. Um, uh, combine names. Uh, I'll go. To, I'll... Mar- yeah, and don't troll Mark Hoppus either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's still trying to keep that band alive, even though Tom Delonger's quit. <laughs> um, I would say troll us, and we will mention it on the show next week. Yeah, um, I love a good trolling, as it turns out. Okay, so as you were, carry on. Spencer contacted a UFO research- researcher, Peter Hoff, and told him of his experience. The Hoff, obviously, the Hoffman, is yep. what we're going to call him. Immediately upon examining the print, the Hoff thought it was as intriguing and it deserved to be studied. He sent the photograph to the Kodak, like in people who are wow, like. 10, Non-millennials. 12, 14, like what the hell's that? <laughs> yeah. Laboratory in Hemel, Hempstead, for further analysis. They concluded that the object was indeed part of the original shot and not added in later. The photograph that Spencer took was also analysed by a wildlife expert. He concluded that what was it, what was whatever, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we try that again? He concluded that whatever was in the photograph was not any known animal (laughs) an alien dude yeah (laughs) Uh, there was no way to ascertain if the subject in the photograph was a living creature or not just by looking at the picture you couldn't see movement in the photo yeah well i mean it's not like not like photos these days. No, not like live, live photo on your... Live photos on your that move. e-phone. Someone should invent photos that move. Oh, um, Steve Jobs. <laughs> he didn't invent videos. <laughs> he <laughs> probably claim he it. He created live photo. <laughs> yeah. Well, well... He probably didn't. I think he might have, no, might, probably might have, didn't. Might have been RIP'd by then. A recreation of the setting of the photograph was undertaken, and it was estimated that the creature was about four feet tall. Interesting. Shortly after the sighting, Spencer began to tell the Hoff about the strange dreams that he was experiencing. Hoff, being familiar with abduction cases and missing time, suggested to Spencer that he undergo hypnosis. A session was scheduled with Dr. Jim Singleton. Singleton. How did I know? Uh, Maybe I sent it to you. Yeah, you sent it to me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so what follows uh, is part of the transcripts and commentary, commentary from the session, session that, that night. night. So in case you don't know, you're playing the role of uh, Dr. Jim Singleton. Jim Singleton. Yes. But Jim's such a bitch name. Yeah. 
Shout out to my friend Jim. <laughs> He'll enjoy that. Yeah. So, uh, ironically, you are a soon-to-be family man uh, who has long since been single. <laughs> yeah. Uh, playing Dr. Singleton. Dr. Long Since Been Singleton. Yes. Okay. Let's let's. Do you let's want me begin. to kick off? Let's begin. We should have some sort of dreamy hypnosis sounds like... We're in. Dr. Singleton enters. And there's like a low clap. <laughs> He's in like a... It's a TV <laughs> show. A studio. Yeah, studio, yeah. Um, so Spencer, I assume, is uh, on a chaise lounge. Yes. Um, Feeling very relaxed, but a little bit nervous about the whole thing, so... So he's under by this point. Though. I'm under. Yeah. So we'll, we'll pick up. Oh, so the point. you're you're Spencer. It's like that point where yeah, I'm Spencer. Okay. So it's like that point where they the hypnotist goes and sleep because they've done all the pre work backstage before okay. coming on. Yeah. I want you to cast your mind back to the first of December last year when Luke and his wife moved into their new house. Yeah. <laughs> when <laughs> coming up. It was actually the that was the date we moved. Very in. nice. Very nice. And you set off across the moor. I want you to clear your mind back to that. And I want you to re-experience that. I want you to tell me what you experienced. I'm, I'm, I'm walking along the, the moor and it's, and it's quite windy. Lusty. And it's quite lust- windy. Oh, I've got an erection. <laughs> this is unfortunate. And you're back in the and room right away. TV. Oh, it's, it's really awkward. Okay, this is no longer going to be PG. It's uh, we're taking up the rating. I'm I'm walking along the moor. Oh, it's quite it's quite windy. There are lots of clouds. I see this little something. Can't can't tell, but he's green. I've shouted to it. It's turned around. I don't know what it is. I'll. I'll photograph it. I'm running after it. It's gone around a corner. I can't. I can't see it now. Oh, wait. There's. There is a saucer. A big silver saucer. Laughingly. Oh, I. I'm. I'm. I'm stuck. I. I'm stuck, and everything's gone fuzzy. Fuzzy. I'm. I'm floating along in in, in the air. I want to. I want to get down. Oh God! I, I want to get down. Long pause. Breathing faster. <laughs> there's a big silver saucer thing. There's there's a door in it, and I don't want to go in there. Worried sound in his voice. Everything gone black now. You say everything gone black. Mmm. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> Delicious. I, <laughs> I can't see anything. Like like I'm asleep. Uh, I, I I can't hear anything. Uh, there's a there's a bright light now. I can't see where it's coming from. I'm in a funny sort of room, and I can hear this voice saying, "Don't be afraid." I, I I'm being put on on a table. Speak faster. You're taking ages. There's there's a beam. Like a pole, it's above me. It's moving up toward me. It's coming up from my feet. I can see a door, and there is one of these green creatures motioning me to come with them. Can you tell me what's happening now? 
I, I'm walking down a corridor and, and there is a window. Uh, oh God, is is that real? I don't want to be up here. <laughs> Jesus, going for some sort of an Oscar. I can hear that voice again saying that you've got nothing to fear. It's pretty though. Didn't realise it looked so pretty. What Spencer was looking at through the window was the earth seen from high in space. Right? Wow. You mentioned some green creatures. Would you try to describe them to me? It's it's quite small. He's got big pointed ears. Stop you there. That is inconsistent with the photo. <laughs> it doesn't have pointed ears I in the see photo. The pointed ears either. Yeah. It's got uh, it's got big eyes. They they're quite dark. He hasn't got a nose. He's only got a, a, a little mouth. And his hands are enormous. Would you say his hands were well endowed? <laughs> and his arms are long. He's got funny feet. Funny feet? <laughs> They're like a, a V-shape with two big toes. Must be difficult to walk like that. He shuffles rather than walks. You mentioned big hands. Would you say he's well endowed? <laughs> <laughs> he's He's got... Like big fingers, like like big sausages. Did you say fingers? Big sausages. They're they're just very big, bigger than my hands. Are they veiny? <laughs> Triumphantly. How tall would you say these creatures are? It's about four foot. He's about as high as just a little bit bigger than my stomach is. That's interesting because the doctor actually asked. Uh, about multiple creatures and Spencer still only concentrated on, on one. The one. Yeah. Maybe the veiny one, the big veiny triumphant bastard. Back into character. Yeah. Can you tell me what's happening at this point? I'm looking at pictures on the wall. Pictures on the wall? They are films. Films? <laughs> it has lots of scenes of destruction like like on the news. I can see lots of like waste going into rivers. And people, people like Ethiopians who racist. are starved. I'll stop you there. That's racist. <laughs> Wake up. It's racist. I think this was 1987. Wake up. When it's was 2019. That, when was that uh, Do They Know It's Christmas song? Was that 84? <laughs> that was all about uh, the Africans starving, wasn't it? I guess so. Yeah. It's like, do they even know it's Christmas? Because this was just about to come into Christmas, so it would have been quite timely. Okay. Was this Bob and Midge? Did Bob and Midge stage this to sell more of these songs? What's Bob and Midge? They, they did the song. They did the Do They Know It's Christmas Band-Aid. Was that Bob and Midge? Bob and Midge. Like Bob Geldof. Yeah, and Midge. Oh, that was 1984. Oh, okay. Three years later. So yeah. they'd be trying to sell the song again. So who's Midge? His wife, isn't it? Oh, is it? I don't oh, know. Yeah. Just, I just remember seeing the video clip and it said, Thanks, Bob, which is obviously Bob Geldof and mm-hmm. Midge. Okay. Anyway, there were people... Like Ethiopians who were stop you there. Who were starving, That's... like Bob and Midge said. <laughs> Even though it's the eighties, it's still racist. Yeah, it's. it's like but my... you'd like that. It's Do you my... want to say anything more about that film? I'm not supposed to. What are you going to stick to the rules like a little bitch? <laughs> And that's how it ends. Uh, he, he, literally, the doctor said, "Are you going to stick to the rules, rules like a little bitch?" Yeah. And then it ends. And then they play, do they know it's Christmas time at all? <laughs> Which is a terribly racist song. Yeah. I mean. It's lovely, though. It is lovely. <laughs> Sorry. I got a <laughs> bit carried away. Louder than. I got a bit carried away there. <laughs> I'm looking forward to. It's one of my favorite parts of Christmas when that song comes on. Is it really? Maybe. It's a little bit sad. 
There have been numerous theories and much speculation about the Ilkley Moor photograph. The English newspaper, The Daily Star, claimed to expose this event as a hoax in its edition of July 2nd, 1989, stating that the alien in the picture, this is where it, this is almost where it gets more unusual than it could be if it was just an alien. Right. The alien in the picture was in fact a notorious local insurance broker. What? Un- <laughs> this is so far-fetched. Unsuspecting he was being photographed while he visited his clientele in the outskirts of the town oh and goodness. cut through the hills. The theory was imaginative, if a little outlandish. Yeah, that's but, really weird. But incorrect, and computer enhancements of the picture proved it was not a human riding a bike carrying a briefcase, <laughs> as suggested. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? It's so weird. Like, make that leap. And then all they have to do is turn up the brightness to disprove yeah. that leap. It's like, I think this was a human... Riding a bike carrying a briefcase. No. 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 It wasn't. See? It wasn't. (laughs) We're left with the assumption that what Mr. Spencer experienced in 1987 was a credible case of abduction. Spencer made no monies from his photograph and relinquished relinquished all rights to the photograph to UFO investigators. Oh, wow. The missing time magnetic disturbances from his compass and reoccurring nightmares all seem to be indicative of a credible case Mm. combined with mr spencer's eerie account and his photographic evidence of what he saw that day it's a perfect recipe for a classic alien mystery i agree Mm. so yeah that's that thanks thanks for playing the part dr singleton no problem it's what i do yep um apparently yep (laughs) Um, you really threw some emotion into that one. Yeah, trying to be the hypnosis uh, patient there, <laughs> just suffering a wee bit. You, you do hear some quite uh, traumatic cases of hypnosis, so yeah, really wanted to throw that one in. <laughs> um, anything else to add, or shall we move on? Um, I don't know. Look, I don't know about this one. It's it seems almost too good to be true that someone took a photo of an alien and it was a little green man out on a moor um, by themselves. Yeah. But yeah. I guess things like not taking any money from it, doing the hypnosis. I mean, I don't know how reliable hypnosis is, whether it's sort of be like lie detector tests in the future. We've proven that it's very unreliable mm. and people can manipulate it. But um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's some compelling stuff in here. If um, he had just seen an alien taking a photo, I would have been quite dismissive. But the hypnosis kind of almost backs up what he was saying. Yeah. Um, go free trip to space. Yeah, though, I mean, yeah. Think you got to pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to fly on Virgin Galactic <laughs> at this point. It hasn't even happened yet. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to the final segment of the show. This is where we take the nineteen eighty two Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. I'll flick to a random page. Tony will tell me when to stop, and we'll read whatever uh, random story we land on. Uh, this is the segment called "Get Me Some Strange." And we are flicking. Mm-hmm. Stop. I'm on the title page for Unearthly Fates. Oh, I'm not. Are we? Am I that familiar with Unearthly Fates? Have we had many of these? Hang on, I'll change. I'll, I'll turn pitch. the page, and apparently, spontaneous human combustion is one of the oh. subcategories. It's clearly the dud one. It is the dud. We had spontaneous human combustion last week, for goodness' sake. Let me find one. Okay. Speaking of finding, I have managed to track down our post-it notes, so we can stick these on, and uh, hopefully stop repeating when we uh, come across this subject. I think this topic itself needs to be stuck with us. 
post gonna, it though, so don't go through the scan let's rip it out come on I think last week we spoke about burning the page <laughs> we really it? really should have <laughs> it's a fitting end to a rubbish chapter yeah R.I.P um, so I'm going to knock over three small ones so that we One don't have breath. to hit them in uh, in I'll, future episodes I'll prepare three post-it notes ready to go you want to? You want me to try as many as I can in one breath of course I do this is my favourite part of the show when you do this <laughs> Um, it might be that we have done some, but I'm going to speak so fast we're not even going to know anyway. Okay, I'm going to prepare these uh, post-it notes for you, so you need to grab the post-it notes, stick it on between stories as well. Okay, no worries. Um, Alright. An old soldier climbed up into a hayloft in Colchester, England on Sunday, February 19th, 1888. To sleep off his drunkenness, he was found completely consumed by fire, while the highly flammable hay around him, both loose and in bundles, was not even scorched. Dr. B. Hardwell, a New England doctor of medicine, reported that a child beckoned for him in the road near Iowa, Massachusetts on May 12, 1890. Standing in a clearing in a wood was the crouched form of a woman, the child's mother with flames blazing, blazing from her shoulders, abdomen and legs. Hartwell saw no evidence that she had set herself on fire <laughs> and noticed the ground was wet <laughs> from a recent rainfall. So far as he could tell, he, could, he seemed to have just burst into the flames without any apparent cause. The doctor was able to put the flames out by throwing earth onto the woman's badly burned body. Some odd things happened in Midbrook, Lincolnshire, England in the end of 1904. In December, the Reverend A.C. Custerson said that the objects were being <laughs> held in the, and about and sometimes catching fire in the rectory a month later Binbrook farmer walked into his kitchen and saw the servant girl busy, busily weeping oblivious of the flames leaping from the back of her dress he shouted to her and rushed to smother the flames but she was badly burned Charles Ford the complete books of Charles Ford I was kind of worried you would combust with uh, <laughs> the, the pace you were taking those in there you go there's your post-it so stick those on alright excellent yep. we can uh, good reminding yeah get rid of those ones for ever more <laughs> okay so um anything else to add before we bail i think we're uh we're, we're all done for another week excellent so on that note we will call that another episode of lights in the sky podcast catch it catch it catch it <laughs> oh, oh oh we're skipping join us next week toodaloo